Right, hi guys, welcome to Unscrewed. Hello. Hello, we've been away for such a long time. We've been sunning it up on an ocean liner. No, we haven't. No, no. <laughs> well, technically, I have been to Greece. Oh. Yes, but that would, that seems like many moons ago now. It was, it was a while ago. It was a while. Wasn't that just before we started the other one? That you were like, I'm going on holiday in two weeks. Woo! That was about six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Ages ago. Hey, but we're back with a vengeance tonight for um, a little bit of a smaller episode, I think. It's like a, yeah, a, like gold, a, a golden nugget episode. It's just a catch-up of what's been catch happening yeah. recently in our lives. Yeah, because um, if, you, if you do follow us on social media, um, we did post, well, Lisa posted a little video a couple of weeks ago, which I, I watched first thing in the morning. Um, yeah. I have to commend you for that video, so if you've not seen it, have a look. But um, do you want to tell us a bit about it, Lise? What's been occurring? Uh, yeah, so if you've uh, ever listened to this podcast before, you'll know that my mum is um, a recovering alcoholic. Hey, and if you've not listened, welcome. This is about people who live and love and yeah. have to be put up with alcoholics. Yeah. And everything else. Yeah, so my mum's a recovering alcoholic. And she'd been sober for a year and a half. A year and a half, yeah. Yeah, yep. and then uh, fairly recently, over the last couple of weeks, she had what's known as a lapse. Not a relapse? Well, it just... it's just lapse. Well, lapse is like short-lived. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then if it carries on, it's like more of a mm. relapse. Right, I see, I see. Yeah, so lapse is like really short-lived. I don't really know the time frame in that. Um, but yeah... So that's why we've been away for yeah, this it's long. Been a, it's been a challenging month to say the least. There's been other stuff going on as well. Yeah, and... so that video I recorded was at like 4 a.m., something mm. like that, because I've not slept. You looked fresh though. In weeks. You Did look really? really fresh, yeah. I looked, my bags were terrible. <laughs> I apologise for uh, no makeup and wild hair. It was, it was hot. <laughs> I thought you planned it that way. Uh, no. No, no, no. I was umming and ahhing over whether to make that video. Right. And I was sat downstairs at, like, say, about, about 4 a.m. I'd been up for the past two, maybe three hours, uh, pondering my shitty situation. Yeah. Um, and I was like, should I do this video? Should I not? Then I was like, no, I should. Because that's... This is a representation of yeah. the people that are going through it. I am that representation, and I'm going through it right now. So yeah. I should... I should make that video and put it out there. So I did. Um, yeah, I, I am glad that I did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to go into a bit about what happened, what the situation is? Yeah, so... You know, that kind of so, jazz. So, yeah, I'm 33, so obviously I've known my mum for 33 years. Um, and she became an alcoholic when I was, like, 11. So, quick math, 22 years. She's been an alcoholic. Um, so, I know what she's like when she's been drinking. Yes, yeah, so like, you say you can spot it, like, instantly. Can I can you, like, instantly tell. Phone or face or whatever. No, like... It's really, it's really simple for me now. Like, if she even has half a glass of wine or wine is her preference not like beer or whatever I mean, I mean she'd drink anything but wine would be her <laughs> preference so if she's had half a glass of wine I, and I'm talking to her on the phone I can instantly tell in her voice she doesn't have to be yeah. bladdered or drunk or you know what you, what, you, what you think of an alcoholic someone stumbling, falling over she doesn't have to be like that I can tell when she's had a 
the tiniest amount. Mm. So it was quite a few weeks back now. Um, I was I had not been able to get hold of her all day. Um, I'd rang her quite a few times. I'd text her. She'd not got back to me. Which at this point, because she's been sober for so long, yeah, it's more like oh shit. <laughs> I I didn't I I honestly didn't think that she'd been drinking, and mm. that's why I couldn't get hold of her. Mm-hmm. I thought I I was more thinking. Oh God! What if something has happened yeah, to exactly. her? Yeah, She's yeah. fell over. You, you know, I was more, I was more concerned about that than anything else. Um. So yeah. So I, I, my initial reaction was I thought something terrible had happened, as in she'd fallen over and she'd hurt herself, and that's because my mum's pretty quick to respond to me. So if I phone her and she doesn't answer, um, or she can't answer, she'll text me and say, "Oh, sorry, love, just got out of the shower," or "Sorry, love, I was, I'm in work," or "I'll phone you in an hour." You know, yeah, she yeah, always yeah. gets back to me, and she hadn't, so I was didn't think it would be alcohol or anything like that because she's been sober a year and a half. I was thinking something terrible had happened, so I kept trying. And at about eight o'clock that night, she phoned me back. I was at my best friend's house, um, who had told about the situation, and she was it my house. No, you're Am not. I... You're not my best friend, Saz. <laughs> Never mind. Your family. That's better than a best friend. <laughs> smooth, um, smooth. Yeah, I know. I saved it, did I? <laughs> um, so yeah, I was I was at uh, Lauren's house, and she's I, I had already informed Lauren that I couldn't get hold of her, and she said to me, "Do you think she might be drinking?" And I said, "Well, you know what? I don't like. That's not my first reaction right. anymore. Oh, it's God. not my first reaction." But it is likely, like I can't, you know, if she doesn't get back to me in the next hour or so, then I'm probably going to start to sway on the matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whilst we were having that discussion, she started phoning me and I was like, shit, shit. Lauren's like, what? I was like, it's my mum. Lauren's like, answer it. I was like, okay. Like, because I was scared of like, because I'm thinking, well, she's fine because she's phoning me. So, so clearly she must have been drinking because her pattern is if she starts drinking again, she won't answer the phone to me because she knows that I can tell yeah. when she's had a drink. Right, so that's why. Right, so yeah. so then I was panicking more then because I knew because if she was if she was fine if she had an accident or whatever she's not gonna be phoning me. Is she? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, right, something. You know, she's started drinking again or whatever. So I answered the phone, and within like the first few words, I knew she wasn't bladder, she wasn't drunk, but I could tell that she'd uh, she'd had a drink. So. Um, She's chatting away to me, so I carried on the conversation because I wanted to keep her talking more to verify what I, what I thought because I can tell in her voice. So I kept her chatting. And then, um, yeah, so I had to be honest with her and I just said, uh, you sound like you've been drinking. Have you had a drink? Mm. Um, and she said, no. So I said, well, you sound like you have. She said, no, I've not been drinking. I'm fine. Um, and the conversation went on and in the end I, I had to say to her, right, okay, if, if if you're telling me that you've not had a drink, I have to trust that you've not had a drink. And and I'll leave it at that. Like, I, you know, I can't prove that you have. I can't prove that you haven't. You're telling me you've not, so we'll leave it at that. Um, I did say to her, if I find out that you've lied to me, I will not be impressed. Because I, I had to sort of get that in there. Um, <laughs> um, and that was the end of the conversation. And when I got off the phone... Lauren, like my best friend, was like, she was sat opposite me during this conversation and her facial expression was like, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I got the phone and she was like, fuck, that was intense. Is she, has she? And I was like, yeah. She's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm 100% convinced. 
Um, I said, but she's told me that she hasn't and I can't prove it. So I have to just forget about it because there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. I can't do anything about it. I can't prove that she did or she didn't. Even though I knew 100% she had been drinking. And there's no way to dis- to explain it other than I'm never wrong. My gut feeling is always right with this. 22 years of it, I know. Mm. Like, I know. But I couldn't prove it and I had to just let it go. So I let it go and and that was it. And the next time I spoke to her, she sounded all right. The time after that, a little bit dodgy. And then she went on holiday for two weeks. Um, I spoke to her while she was away and she was absolutely fine. I had no concerns. Because I, I was just thinking, right, okay, so maybe she's just had a bit of a blip. She's gone a year and a half, she had a blip. And hopefully that talking to that I gave her on the phone that day will be enough. Mm. And that'll be it. And I'll never mention it again. She continues to be sober. That'll be it. It'll be fine. Um, And it did seem that way while she was on holiday and stuff. Um, And then she came back off holiday. And there was a few instances where I spoke to her on the phone and I was absolutely 100% convinced that she had carried on drinking. Right. Um, And I was right. Hey. I wish I was wrong. Yeah. But I was right. Okay. But I always ask. So how did you, what, did you confront her about it? Or what was the like... Yeah. Um, well, every single time that I spoke to her on the phone and I thought that she'd been drinking, I confronted her about it. Because I'm not going to, I'm not going to dilly-dally around the situation. Yeah. I have to ask her the question, have you been drinking? And she always says, no. Um, because in her mind, she thinks that she can um, lie her way out of it. So she, and this is a pattern that's gone on for years and years and years, where if she's been drinking like all day, she will sort of wait until she gets to a point where she thinks that she can sound sober enough on the phone. So she'll ignore me Mm. and then eventually she'll speak to me on the phone. But in her drunken mind, she thinks that I can make this fine yeah, I can yeah, sound yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm sober on the phone yeah but like we she, all do when we've had a few drinks but obviously she can't because she's drunk and yeah. it's instantly <laughs> recognisable um so yeah so every single time I spoke to her I confronted her about it on the phone and she lied clearly and I at, at this point I hadn't mentioned it to anybody other than like my best friend Lauren because she was there at the time when it happened had had she not been there I probably wouldn't have said anything um, and my husband, I, t- I told Joe as soon as I got home, because I was like, I don't know what to do about this situation. There's no, po- I didn't see any point in worrying anybody else in the family if she got up the next day and then was absolutely fine. Like, what's the point mm. in in putting that out there? Like, all right, you've, you've got a year and a half, you had a blip, and now you're sorting yourself out. Great. The, the, there was no point to me phoning everybody, panicking them, going, oh, she's drinking again, or whatever. So I just sort of left it and hoped for the best. And then the best didn't happen. So um, then I spoke to my brother about it. And we sort of did a bit of detective work between ourselves. Because we, we like to think we're detectives. Yeah. Just in everyday life. Nothing to do with my mum, just in general speaking. <laughs> I wish I was a detective. Um, and so, yeah, my brother phoned her. And then he phoned me back and he was like, yeah, I, th- I think you might be right. And there was another time when that same situation happened. He phoned her and he was like, I don't know, I'm not sure. And then I waited about half an hour, phoned her again, and then I phoned my brother back and I was like, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So she, she'd given us like conflicting stories on the phone and, and I can tell by her voice anyway, so I knew 
So then we decided, me and my brother, to go and visit her, knock her up one more, like, early in the morning and do, like, a intervention mm. sort of thing. So Like we, the drunk bailiffs. Pretty the much. sober police. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't tell her where we were going. We just wanted to surprise her. Yeah. Wake her up and be like... She thought it was the postcode lottery. But yeah. I've won! <laughs> I've oh. oh, no, shit. I've definitely failed. Definitely failed. Um, so, yeah, so we turned up, we surprised her, um, went in. It wasn't, like, confrontational or anything. It was more to be like, are you okay? What can we do to help you? We tried it that way. Um, and she's, she was, like, you know, quite, she was very remorseful of crying and um, she had different excuses reasons whatever excuses or a reason whatever you want to call it for for why she'd done what she'd done mm. um and we basically just sort of said to her like you can't lie to us about this i've said this to her many times before but it doesn't really seem to go in um and we just basically let her knew that we let her know that we were there to support her more than anything else and you know all right you've done this but you can carry on now you can carry on continue in your recovery and it's just something that happened you've done brilliantly so far you can still do amazing um let's just crack on and you know we'll get through it sort of thing like together um and that you know that talk sort of seemed to go quite well um I spent the day with her and then she stayed at my house that night because she didn't want to be on her own which I understood so I was like okay you can come stay at mine it's fine um so she stayed at mine and then the night after sorry two nights after that she stayed here again and she was fine and then after that she i spoke to her on the phone and she'd been drinking again Mm. and at that point i was just like fuck off did you set your boundaries lisa after that oh i've set boundaries with her yes (laughs) i have um so yeah at that point i was just like i I just can't be asked anymore Mm. and where's she at now she's sober now so this is this is like four weeks now yeah since the initial no it might even be five weeks yeah no it's not i think it might be six weeks because the initial time it happened no i didn't tell anybody else about it It it's only me that knew so for like three weeks yeah so it's been like three weeks since then that everyone else was aware of it so yeah about six weeks because you did say um i think when we were chatting about it a while ago whatever it was like do you think she'll be sober forever? I think we were talking about that at some point. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of saying, like, I want to believe it, but there'll always be part of me that yeah. will assume she'll... Yeah. So were you, like... Was the feeling when you found out... Because you said you genuinely, initially, you didn't think I it didn't. was. So were you, like... was it? What was the feeling like when you found... Was it, like, gutted? Or was it more surprised? Or was it... I felt like somebody had punched me in the stomach. Mm. There is... I don't think there's any other way to describe it. I felt like somebody had punched me in the stomach or just ran and done a roundhouse kick to my face. <laughs> this is literally what it felt like. Right. Because then it becomes this whole... Like, because previous to this, in the 22 years, my mum had only ever been sober for um, 43 days, 42 days or 43 days in total. So a year and a half is fucking massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like... High hopes, oh, this is going to be great, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then when that happened, I was like, oh, I've got to go back to that whole yeah, cycle yeah. again mm. and again and again. And it, infe- it affects my entire life. It affects my relationship with my husband, my child, like everything. 
with relationships with whole with my whole family members change when she's drinking because it's always been like um like her sister and her mom and everyone else they and I'm not like bad mouthing them I love them all to bits but they never really sort of do it's always been me who sort of like dealt with it and yeah and I always feel like I have to have an answer for them yeah like oh well yeah like somehow you're the fountain of knowledge about your mother's as if, as, yeah. if, as if it's like like I have to make the excuses and and I feel like the burden is on me and I probably put that burden on myself I don't think anybody else puts it on me I put that on myself and mm. I am aware of that but that's a pattern that I've been used to since I was a child well so that's a good question then I guess is like if you is there anything you did in this scenario that you think helped or advice that you would give to yourself or that you've taken from yourself that you would share with other people who might be going through the same thing? The only thing, the only thing that I think I did very differently this time was I, the, well, obviously the first time that we, it was confirmed, I already knew that she was drinking 100%, but the time that it was confirmed by what she said, I was like, okay, offered the help, the support, we can get through this. And then, so like, you, you have one chance, here you go, this is it. And then she fucked that up and then she lied to me again. And at that point I was like, no, you can fuck off. I'm not interested. Like, because I have my child to think about now and he's five. Like, you know, when this used to go back and forth years ago when he was a lot younger, he didn't really know who she was and he'd forget about her or whatever. But um, because he's five now, he's used to seeing her at once every week. Um, and he's constantly asking like where's grandma is she coming is she picking me up from school on Wednesday like he's used to that routine and so this time because of his age and how he's used to seeing her once a week I was like no you cannot do this you cannot come to my house now I hope you get sober I hope you stay sober and if you continue to stay sober at some point you'll be able to come back to my house you'll be able to see your grandson um, but I'm not giving you a time limit on that. Um, it'll be whenever I think it's sufficient. I'm not going to say you stay sober for a month and you can come, crawl, you know, back into his life and everything's hunky dory yeah. and it's fine again. I'm not saying it needs to be a week or a year. It's whenever I feel comfortable with it, because I don't want my child to go through anything that I went through. He'll be aware of like what his like that his grandma is an alcoholic but when he's a lot older and mm. old enough to deal with that and understand it he's too young now to understand that so i don't want her to be in and out of his life yeah that's i'm not willing for that so to you've happen set, like a boundary so i've that's... set a massive boundary and i've said you cannot come to my house until i deem that that's okay and, and i'm that... not giving you a time limit it'll be when i feel it's appropriate is that new that's definitely new yes well done for that. Thanks. Cheers. Oh yeah, cheers. No, I'm proud of you because we did a whole episode on boundaries. We're drinking some Prosecco, by the way. So, yes, some commiseration Prosecco. Um, yeah, awesome. And like, I think there's one other thing that we haven't really talked about, which I think is quite important because if there are any alcoholics who listen or recovering alcoholics, yeah. Um, I don't know if this was it, but there was definitely an event in your family's life and your mum's life particularly, which possibly triggered yeah the lapse yep should we talk a bit about what that was and whether that's like well we can't um, i don't know a thing or i don't know, I don't know. no the thing the, the, this is this the problem with this is that um my mum has still never said what that thing is 
she's never she she goes by the fact of I've never figured out what that is. I don't know what that is. Whenever I'm in group, you know, like like um like group counselling or whatever, everyone has all these horrific stories of something that happened to them when they were younger or, or you know, a significant event. She's like an I don't have that like I don't I, I don't have that. However, I think I know what it is, and I'm pretty certain my brother thinks he knows what it is, and we're on the same wavelength. But my mum has never admitted what she what what she feels that it is. So I'm not really going to say that because I don't. No, think no, I it's... meant what triggered the relapses in the event that happened in your family life. I don't. Sorry, why she relapsed? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant why she just became an no, alcoholic. No, 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 no. As in, so. I was saying like maybe we should talk a bit just to mention because there was a specific event, a life event mm-hmm. at, when she relapsed that I think possibly, I don't know, it could be. You mean about her dad dying? Yeah. That's I don't <laughs> think it was that. That it. I, don't I think that was an excuse. I don't think it was But it was, that was around the, like, the week when she started, wasn't it? No, like, it was after. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a few, a couple of weeks after. Yeah. When she did it. Yeah. Um... I don't think it was that at all. I think she used that as, as awful as it sounds, I think she used that as an excuse, to be perfectly honest. I think she drank because she'd not been in work since her dad died, and work is what keeps her sober. Mm. That's what it was, because she wasn't going to work. Because the schedule was all thrown off sort of thing. Yeah, she's used to being in work, and she works at a rehab place, she has loads of friends there, she loves her job, but she took time off, obviously, to look after her mum and doing, you know, all these different things. And then she, after all that had finished, she was then just back at a flat by herself um, and had this time already sorted out with work that she was going to be off. And I think it was time. Mm. I think it was time and boredom and I'm on my own and I'm constantly thinking about this. Whereas I think it was a constant, like, I'm just thinking about it because I'm not doing anything. Like, she's used to thinking set routines. Drinking. Gr- thinking about drinking. Oh, I thought you meant because, grief. No, she's used to she's used to a routine, and the routine is what keeps keeps her sober. She doesn't have well, that yeah, routine. So precisely, exactly, if she doesn't have it. And so, no. obviously, whether it's a practical routine or a mental routine, I think, do you think that that sort I of I don't loss, think grief was anything to do with it. I really don't. You don't think the no. loss for her threw no. her off at all in her mental routine? I don't. I really don't. No. No. I'm not going to change my mind on that. I, I don't think it was that. I think it was the routine. And now that she's back in work, she seems absolutely fine. Yeah. So, no. Well, let's hope it keeps going on an upward spiral again. Well, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a bit of a stressful, stressful, stressful few weeks, especially for for Lisa. Um yeah. Well, not just for me, for you as well, because obviously yeah. my brother is your partner, so you go through it as well. It's not like you don't. Yeah, it's been it's been stressful. I I personally thought it was something to do with that, but like I don't feel like that at yeah, all. I yeah. really don't. Well, if you have had this experience, like we'd love to hear from you and like share with us, share with us your story, what happened, yeah. and if if you you know if there's been trigger points or stuff that you did differently this time after having someone in your life who's been an alcoholic who's gone through their uh, being sober and has relapsed or lapsed I'd be interested be to, to know, know as well like from from other people because obviously I've gone through this and continue to go through this whether um 
whoever the alcoholic is in your life, they've they've been recovering and then they've gone back and, and, you know, had a lapse or whatever you want to call it, you've then felt like, not like like the gut-wrenching thing, like what I mentioned before, like you've been punched in the stomach and, and that side of it, but you felt like, oh, right, I've, I've never had the chance to have certain conversations with this person whilst they've been sober that I really wanted to have, right. and now it's fucked, right, because right. this time round, I massively, massively, like, got really, like, depressed about it, because... Like I said, my, before this point, my mum had only ever been sober for like 42, 43 days, whatever it was. And like a year and a half is a massive, massive chunk compared to that. And obviously I've gone through this for many, many years. And so there's been loads of um, questions and answers and feelings and, and emotions that I've wanted to confront, not necessarily confront her, but, but talk it out with and, and say, well, you made me feel like this. Yeah. And because you did this, I felt that, and, and why did you do that yeah, that yeah, one time? Yeah. And, um, what causes this? Like many, like, like a deep conversation and let her know exactly how I feel. Not necessarily how she feels more, more like on my part, I need to get out. Right. I feel like this. And I felt like this for years because of you in a sense, you've done this or, or whatever. Not like in a nasty way, but I need to... Not in a blame way. Not in a blame way, but, yeah, but yeah. she needs to know that the things that she does has consequences and it affects everybody around her. Like yeah. myself, the rest of my family members. And I'm sure that she knows that on some level, but she doesn't know the extent of it. And I've always wanted to have that conversation with her. But because before this, it'd only been like 42, 43 days... And then this time it's been like a year and a half. I've been like gearing myself up to have ah, that right. conversation yeah, 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 yeah. because I was always worried that if I did that, maybe I might make her lapse if she's not ready to yes. have that conversation yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'd given her a year and a half and I'm gearing up to like get to this point and then she goes and drinks again and that fucked me up. Right. Like emotionally, because I was yeah. like, I am never going to have that chance. And I, ha- uh, this is the conversation I had with my husband. I was like, I'm never going to have that conversation with her. I'm never going to let her know what she's done through her actions. Mm. Because in a way, she needs to know that. Yeah. And I need her to know that. So it sounds like you were building up to the point where it was almost like you could be the... Like you could be the vulnerable one in the relationship for yeah, that I, second. She, she need, I needed a conversation with her and yeah. I needed it for many, many, many years and I was getting to that point and then she went and did that and I, yeah. I was so fucking angry. <laughs> like I was really angry and then I was upset and because now it's like it, it starts all over again now. Yeah, yeah. Like do I get to ever have that conversation with her? So I would be interested in if anybody who's listening to this yes. has, has gone through that and... And he's still at that point. They've not got to that point. They've not had that conversation. So they understand where I'm coming from. But also, if you ever got to that point (laughs) and had that conversation and how it went and how it made you feel afterwards and did it help? Did it not? Was it worth it? I don't know. Awesome. Thanks, Lise. Yeah, cool. And thanks, listeners, for bearing with us whilst we've been amazing at organising our podcast. (laughs) So good. So on, on... we're on time. on time. On time. Um, should we finish with just one little thought? So we could either finish with a bit from your book or 
Because I think we should just keep it short for this one. Should we do it just for today? Should we read that? Yeah, I've got, or I've got a little bit as well, but let's go with just for today because it's easier to... Okay, so we've we've read just. from the Just For Today book, I think, once before, possibly no, twice. No, no, twice. Is it twice? In the whole... Yeah, so year, it's, yeah. Um, I think it's endorsed by AA, and basically it's 365 pages, one day of the year, and uh, you can read it every morning when you wake up, and supposedly it will help you through that day. Supposedly so. So today is October the 13th, 2018, so I will read from that date. <laughs> This sounds like that Bible hour they have. Not Bible hour, but, you know, on Radio 2 when they have, like, 15 yeah, minutes with priests. Yeah, because we're proper religious. Yeah, with priests. We're, we're so religious. I'm a, I'm a pastor. Radio 4. No, they do it on Radio 2 as well. The morning prayer. The morning thought of the day, it's called. That's it, isn't it? Oh, so this is just for today. Oh, God, it is that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, beep, 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 beep. Okay, so just for today... An act of kindness costs me nothing, but is priceless to the recipient. I will be kind to somebody today. Walk that old lady across the road, people. Yeah, but that insulin, the cynic in me was like, well, it fucks you up if your mother's an alcoholic, doesn't it? And your act of kindness that day then gets chucked back in your face. <laughs> Sorry, just for today, listeners. That was swearing on Radio 2. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you guys. We will be back next week with a brand new episode where we will talk about lots of things which I Don't say next won't week. know. Next we will. <laughs> really? Well, we've already recorded some of it, half of it. Okay. I don't even fucking know. Okay. Um yeah, so let's if you want to find out more about us, then send in your stories, chat about today's episode, any episodes you have, you can email us at podcastunscrewed at gmail.com. Yep, or find us on Twitter at unscrewed pod. Instagram at Unscrewed Podcast. And we have the Facebook group, the Unscrewed Podcast. Yes. And um, take care, listeners, all of you out there, just for today. <laughs> <laughs> it is that thing, isn't it? Is it Radio 2? And it's like a pastor comes and reads a Bible to you. I don't know. So we're, so we're technically reverence now because we're yes. reading this. Yes. Sweet. Praise Lord, Lisa. I'm going to go get a dog collar. <laughs> awesome. Right, yeah, see you, thought- you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.